0: Welcome to our weekly Wednesday Shir, Nishmas, Shabbos the parsha name of the parsha the parsha of the week we say always oh, the portion of the week this is how we know this week this is the week of uh, Schanan, all the letters and a person writes a letter halakhically person needs to write halachically it's traditionally one writes the date um sayed the the order of the week of and the Monday or Tuesday in Bayz in Gimel the say that the whatever the parasha of the week is. However, the Shabbos itself is deemed a name known as Shabbos Nachamu. Shabbos Nachamu. For those of you who think that it's an entity of itself, for those of us that uh, feel that it's like maybe it's a malach of some sort, um, no, it's the name of the Shabbos. Shabbos Nachamu. And that is due to the haftarah, which we read, Nachmu Nachmu Ami. Today is also Erev Tishabov. Obviously the year is not given to Wednesday night, because Wednesday night would be Tishabov itself, and we would not be allowed to learn Tata. Therefore we're giving the Shira in the morning. That's another reason why we're giving the Shira in the morning. Um... Escanan al Hashem. Mesh Rabinu Davan Sadevishna. We spoke many times of Aschanan as Gamatria five hundred and fifteen. Mesh Rabinu Davin five hundred and fifteen tephilais. For Taqrajbarak who should forgive him and allow him to enter into Hetz Hell. How alone did Mesha feel? How deserted did Meisha feel? The Eden went through the horrific exile of Shayim, in which they were literally tortured, quite literally. They were tortured physically. Mentally, spiritually, their wives were tortured. Their children were tortured. Children were not even allowed to live. Come out of the sun. comes along and reprimands and tells him, "Let my people go," and begins with the ten Makis with the ten plagues according to the, the Pesukim according to the Lashon of the Pasuk not only did Parai not allow the Jews to leave after the first, second, and third, and eighth Makkah, but rather he intensified, he made it even worse for them needless to say here you have Meishad the Benu coming and telling you're going to go out of this Gullus it's very imminent, very soon. And I'm going to take care of it. And I'm putting plagues on the Mitzrayim and everything else. In the meantime, everything is getting intense. It's being intensified. It's being made even worse and even, even harder. The Jews were not happy. They were not happy with Misha. This Misha guy, I don't know. You're making trouble. We're very complacent here we have our situation we have our daily routine we have our don't, don't, don't don't rock the boat Ho is telling them about spirituality about holiness Maisha leave us alone but Ebishta continues and sends Maisha again and again 10 markets repeatedly Finally, Mashiach takes the Jews out of Egypt. He takes the entire nation out of, out of its But, 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 I don't even have time to pack. I barely have time to bake my food. I don't know where I'm going. I need to have food with me. Which Jew doesn't travel with packages of food before they leave? Peklach. <laughs> sure. going to edit the cell to the promised land we're going to get the tater first then we're going to edit the cell what about Malaysia? what about food? and we have to run out like an oven, we're not running out like an oven we're marching out proudly the day is going to be light like day, everyone to see the dogs, the dogs the fearful dogs those frightful dogs that stand at the borders would still shah, still Like little puppies, trained, quiet, just lacking, lapping their tongues, but not barking. Wow! You did it, Mashiach, we got us out of his <coughs> shine. Few short days later, they come to the Amsuf. Maisha, what'd you do? What'd you do when there not enough graves in Egypt? You brought us here to die in, in, in the desert. We can't get through the water. To the right is desert, left is desert. <coughs> and look, here comes Pari with 600 strong Egyptians. 600 people, seriously, people. You're 600,000 strong and you're worried about the 600 people of But yeah, they were frightened. And even the Mila, they saw the angel of, of, of Egypt coming down on them. While wow, they were traumatized. And they once again screamed and screamed. To so which Baruch Hu says, What are you screaming? head off for the screaming, just go. who takes the brunt again? Moshe? Moshe ultimately performs a major miracle again and the Red Sea splits the Red Sea splits and you can cross not just cross in mud but in dry land beautiful land according to there were tunnels we each shave it and on the walls of the tunnels there were so many beautiful things, there were fruits and everything for the children to pluck. It was an unbelievable experience going across the Yamsuf. And they come out of the Yamsuf, and the water returns back to its force. But where are the Egyptians? They were chasing us, they were in huts, in pursuit. They were hard on our tail. Where are they now? Oh no, they're going to come around. They're going to kill us. <laughs> says Maisha. The Egyptians drowned. We're not so sure. Maybe they escaped. So Baruch had to go and have the Yams spit the Egyptians out again with all their riches and everything and all their spoil. For the Jews to see it to divide. We're going to Har Sinai to get the Torah. Relatively quiet. They get to Har Sinai and they receive the Torah. The first two dibris, the first of the ten, first two of the ten, parcha neshmosam, the neshamas hearing God's voice is today's chumash Panim upon him. they turn to Maish and but yet the angels brought back the Meshamas the dew uh, that's going to be used for the Tchiyas HaMesim was used here and everybody was brought back to life and everybody was standing there fine and dandy and everybody was healed from any ailments they had and yet again they turn to Maish and they say to Maisham, Maisham, Maish, Maish, oh easy, 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 one miracle, two miracles, we got we died and we were back to life again fine ain't we can't rely on miracles you got to stop this you listen to the rest of the whatever Hashem has to say and you tell it to us now they knew of the Aserah Sadibidus because however and whatever it was they knew that it would be 10 commandments and they knew from here what it was based what it was and how it was they'd learned in the next 40 years but once again they turn to Moshe, and Mesha himself has to go and get the, all the all the rest of the Aserah Aser, Sadibdits, and has to go to get the Luchais. The Sixth tells us, Moshe Rabbeinu tells the Yidin, he comes down with the Luchais, and because according to their calendar of 40 days, Satan, it's hora came along and told them oh, Mesh tardying, Mesh dead it's too late, he's died and even showed a picture of Mesh not lying on his bed oh what do we do now again turmoil, again havoc havoc wreaks once again to an extent this time though where they turn to Mesh's brother Aaron he is what they saw as next in command and they fell upon him and they said you got to make us a god we have to have somebody here we have to have somebody to lead us to have somebody to take us out of here calm down relax but Mahesh is dead we need a leader and they weren't asking Aaron to become the leader they said you got to make us a leader so Aaron, quick thinking says go to your wives and ask them for their jewelry and we'll melt down their jewelry and we'll make something what were you thinking Aaron? Aaron was thinking very straight he was thinking there's no way that the women are going to give it up not because they were vain because because it's in their merit that we left Egypt so I know they are not they are holy righteous women and they are not giving up their jewelry for some fictitious story over here. And Kakava, the husbands themselves knew the same and they took their own jewelry that they had at the time. They also, nose rings, whatever they had and they put theirs together. So our answer is, let's melt it and the whole story of the golden calf which is not relevant for this week's Parsha, even. what we do see in the parasha is though Meshach comes down with the luchas and sees what's going on and he grabs the luchas and he throws them to the ground and we're going to discuss in a moment what action did Meshach actually take here and what was what, what transpired we also want to try to get in the laws that are relevant for Tisha B'av, Starting from today, Chatzes. So let's first go to the point that we started, Veskhanan al Hashem, Meshadabin 515 Tfilis. What we just described is a drop in the bucket, as what Meshad had been put through in these past few years. Over the 40 years in the desert, Mashiach was saw it all heard it all. Mashiach was given the raw hand from every, every, each and every person. They used to sit and they used to talk about Mashiach Rabbeinu all the time. If he left early they had a complaint why he was leaving early from his tent. If he left late they had a reason why he left late from his tent. But it was all negative all something that he was conspiring to look to hurt the Jewish, Jewish people. Chaz and here stands Meishe Veschanan he davens 515 tefilis on his own this very Moshe <coughs> took you out of Mitzrayim this very same Moshe that brought you to where you are today on the precipice about to enter into Yitzchol is not going in with you he's not entering he's not entering Yitzchol with you he's not taking you in he's not leading you to conquer he is punished Always well, punished for something else or someone else Moshe was punished for his deed albeit as small as it was the fact that he didn't talk to the stone he hit the stone it was not the fact that he didn't do what he was told but rather because he did not cause the Kiddush Hashem that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted him to cause he did not sanctify okay. God's name the way God proposed that he would. For that, the punishment was so severe that he was not going to enter into So We hear other, <coughs> we learn other things as far as Mesh's dedication and devotion to the Jewish nation. Since so many people had died in the desert, And Moshe knew that ultimately when Mashiach comes, there will be Tchias HaMason, and they'll all be brought back, brought into Ezraal, brought alive and brought to Ezraal. However, Moshe was concerned. (coughs) Moshe said, the Eden that pass away in Ezraal will be brought to Tchias HaMason. Been, even buried in it. so Jesus was brought. Yaakov, brother, our others were in so, They'll have to give some is. But who says that they're going to come get these Jews in, in, in the desert? They weren't such good people. So perhaps that will be left out, and they'll be said, "Eh, we're not going to get those." Samesha, as a tra- as a true shepherd, said, "No." everyone else is going to have to stand up, I'm going to stay here with them, they'll have to come take me, they'll take everybody else. There's another reason, for Meshach not entering that so However, as Meshach entered into the, the, the life would have been very, very different, nothing would have ever been destroyed, and everything would have been as, as, it, as when it will be, when Mashiach come. So, there's many different, thought patterns, how this works. We're not going to delve into that either. We're trying to focus on Ve'ezchan and Hashem davening 515 tefilis. He was not davening them with a minion. He was not davening them with a Mizumin. He himself stood there davening 515 tefilis all alone. All alone. Nobody with him. Nobody supporting him. Nobody out there protesting with signs to God saying that we want Meshach. We can't leave our Meshach out of that cell. We can't go into that cell without our Meshach, our leader. With all that he did, Meshach was a Basadam. He was a human being of flesh and bones. Born to the mother and father that we know about did he have a very high nisham? definitely Malesha Rabbeinu spent 40 days and 40 nights thrice in heaven as he says I didn't eat bread or drink water for 40 days and 40 nights Malesha Rabbeinu spent in heaven Three times it was obviously head and shoulders plus above the Jews. We know the holiness of Gedusha And yet nobody was rallying. Nobody was calling out, nobody was there was no battle cry. Save our Moshe Take our Meisha Rabbeinu with us into Eretz Yisrael. This wasn't happening. What happened? What's going on here? Meisha was all alone, alone, alone on the island. Meisha had no one to turn to, but Hashem. Meisha did not have a support group. Meshach did not have even a mentor for that matter. Meshach did not have somebody who he could rant to. I mean, I'm sure he was able to talk to his wife from time to time, but was he able to pour out his heart to her? Meshach was a loner in that, in essence. Here he was, the nation's leader. Here he was the one that's directing and directive and causing and performing such amazing miracles like, Come, Navi, Be Yisrael, k'mesha. There was never such a prophet like Mesha. Someone who spoke directly to God on a constant basis. But he was a human being. As holy and spiritual as he was, he was a human being. And here in this dire time, where he's doing his last Hail Mary, no, oh, don't use that expression, his last dying breath to try to salvage his life's dream of going into soul and who's there with him? Nobody Nobody my friends, nobody It was Moshe and Hashem Many people can relate to that. Many people can sit and say, I'm alone. I'm on an island of myself, my own. I have nobody that really, really cares what happens to me tomorrow. What happens to me today, for God's sake. I have nobody that's concerned my well-being I mean, I could be suffering and someone that quote-unquote needs my services will not bat an eye by asking me to do something for them. I'm a mere pawn in their lives. And yet... I know that I'm an entity, I know that I'm an existence, I know that I'm a life, I know that I'm a person. But I have no one. I have no one I can vent to, I have no one that I can truly feel, that I can mm-hmm. r- ask for guidance, that I can ask for compassion that I can ask for love that I can ask for understanding that I can reach out to that I'm alone tells us mission Abinu V'eschanan El Hashem He davens Hashem Rabbi, we're never alone. The davening of tefillah. One needs to feel that they are connected with our our Father in Heaven. It's difficult. It's very, very difficult. We are human beings. We need compassion we need emotional connection we need somebody just that we can feel they were ready to hold our hand through whatever predicament we're in and then I can hold their hand and I can squeeze their hand when I really feel the pain I'm alone. No one to turn to. And even if I pour my heart out to some people, it's water off a duck's back. It's water off a duck's back because they are not me. And they may even give me advice. They may even give me a word of guidance. They may even give me a word of condolence and solace. But I'm alone. I gotta go through this myself. I gotta do this myself. I gotta get through this. I gotta get past this. Can I? I don't know. I'm alone. I don't know what I have. I don't know what I have left in the tank we say in America I don't know if I can get past over this hump because I'm alone Meshe shows us V'eschanan el Hashem he stood and davened to Hashem he did not say I am Meshe Rabbeinu I am the great Meshe I am that leader that you put in charge I am that one that although I was born to a mother and a father you put in me this holy, holy neshama he was very humble he was the most humble person ever so he didn't use any of his he didn't anything out of his sleeve as much as he had in his sleeve as fully loaded as his gun was he stood there alone do we have to sympathize for Moshe for being alone the decisions that Moshe had to make on his own you think he discussed things with Sapporo his wife, and you think he discussed things with Aaron or with the elders sometimes but that was only because they had to dictate how to dictate these decisions that he had made Decisions he made, obviously, were from godly intent. As we spoke last week, he translated the Theda in 70 languages. We are not alone, ever. The most, not most recent already, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm not that up-to-date on, uh, on WhatsApp and everything else that goes around, but one of the stories that circulated last week, actually, was a sheliach came from France and all the people knew he was going and they asked him to take letters for the, or he told them write letters to the Rebbe and I will take your pan as we call it, a pigeon nefesh to the ail. and some people a lot of people gave him letters some people said do me a favor read my letter and then tear it up so I know it's the words are said to the devil some people said no, to just take my letter and just tear it up don't read it so he had it separated pretty much he knew what he was going to read and what he was going to just tear up there was one letter that came to his hand he said uh oh I don't know which pile this is from I'm not sure if it's supposed to be read or not read if it's supposed to be read someone's got to read it if they don't want me to read it and just tear it up then I better not read it so he turns to a bacha standing next to him who happens to be a French bacha and he says do me a favor you read French I give you this letter you read it and tear it up now he definitely doesn't know who the person is and it's Marashach If it had to be read, it wasn't read. It was read and torn up. If the person didn't want me to read it, I didn't read it. But it was brought and it was torn up. Somebody else read it, yeah, but not me. You told me not to read it. You didn't tell me nobody should read it. And good. Gave the boy the letter. The guy said okay. The guy read the letter, tore it up. and The guy walked out of the aisle. There's another fellow. When the shliach finished in the aisle came out, and he saw this man bawling, crying something terrible. He says, are you okay? So that letter you just gave me to read, yeah, my sister wrote that letter. And she's writing to the Rebbe that she and I have not spoken for ten years. she's very very distraught about this and she's asking the Rebbe to see to it to put us back together again. This girl in France felt all alone. Deserted by her brother. No communication from her brother for ten years. Years, not because they were in the Gulag, not because they were in, in in communist Russia or Nazi Germany, They just simply could WhatsApp and they could speak on the phone. They could FaceTime. Do anything you want. For ten years, they did not communicate whatsoever. And so she writes to the Rebbe. She's in France. She does not come to New York. And we don't even know if she told the Shliach, "Read my letter," or "Don't read my letter." And therefore, he didn't know, so therefore, he could not read it. And who does the Rebbe see to it that gets the letter? Excuse me. The brother. Who now says, Ten years I left my sister alone. And now, in front of the Rebbe. I was reminded of this severity of this story and therefore as my sister requested of the Rebbe to see to it that we are united again I see the Rebbe make sure that that's going to happen for this the man was standing in crying Tayrah tells us this week's part of the sun, lesson, beards, bin Yaakan, they went to Bene Seda. Sham Mes Aaron Bihan Allah bin He didn't die in Mesa, he died behind her, but okay. Rashi explains where is this Pasak in the Tayrah? Right after Mesh talking about the breaking of the Lucas. So Rashi Looks at his B'chamish the Mikra and says to the B'chamish the Mikra, Yeah, it doesn't make sense. What does Aaron's passing have to here all of a, a sudden? Tells us Rashi to the B'chamish the Mikra, the Samach Mesha, Techachazu. Mesha puts this Techach, the fact that Aaron had passed away, right next to Shvide Saluchas to teach us, the passing of a tzaddik is so difficult for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, just like just like the day the luchas were broken. The same pain that HaKadosh Baruch Hu had when the luchas were broken, HaKarish Baruch who goes through each time a Tzaddik passes away how how did this work on the first Lucas we know they were engraved by God the Luchas themselves were made the tablets themselves were made by God still in all, Moshe broke them. Eshtek broke them. Why? How? Because when Moshe came down and saw the Jews sitting by the Egu, he also saw the letters of the Luchas disappear. They flew back up. And therefore, the Luchas no longer had a mamashas to, mamash to it. And he broke it. So we see what is the main part of the Luchas was the writing which Akarish Baruch wrote, engraved. The body, the Luchas itself, was also made by God. But it's only a tuffle; it's only a secondary thing to the letters that were written on it. Letters which were written by God Himself. But once it's taken away, the luchas are stone. Although they were created by God as well. But they're just a pair of stone. Just a stone. Each and every Jew. The body... It's created by God. The Neshama, our holy Neshama, our holy soul, that's the writing of God. That's a part of of the of And the body is only a tuffle to the Neshama. It's only, not even called secondary, it's, it's a uh, minute. Existence. So, therefore, the tzaddikim united in this that by them they actually feel the holiness of what they have, and they also elevate their goof to be of a holy stature. To an extent that the neshama is not the only thing that's holy here. So when a Tzadik is nostalgic, passes away, it's mamish like the breaking of the Lukas Because the neshama, the mikhta velekim that's written within them, goes the and the goof remains here, the with aim be mamish. And therefore when it says that it's just like the breaking of the luchas, it is exactly the same thing. Now we know that Moshe grabbed the luchas v'espes v'shnei luchas v'ashtichim al yodai v'shkache v'shtavrim v'shavrim le'necha I grabbed the Luchas I threw them down and I broke them before your eyes the Holy Erechayim HaKadosh asks why did he have to grab the Luchas he was holding them what does it mean he grabbed them he was He brought them down can you can explain it through the Musr through the Chassidus, the reason of saying "Anecha Hashem lekecha and yochid" as I'll tell us was to give a pischin pei to Mesha, to give him material shall we say, it, to talk, to say, as a lawyer, as a defense attorney. When it comes to the Maisa Eagle, story of the golden calf, it wasn't commanded to them, but it was only mine. I heard it, you didn't hear this. I had to say it to you, but it was told to me. So too, we could say when it comes to the breaking of the Lukas. Moshe's tremendous Avas Yisrael, his love for a fellow Jew, and the fact that he was Mason Nefesh for Kal Yisrael, he gave over total abnegation for his own life for Kal Yisrael. Moshe wanted to remove any kind of fault of the Jews from the Jews for this breaking of the Luchas and since it was originally his idea that he should give the Luchas to the Yidden now he grabs the Luchas and breaks them to totally wipe out his original thought pattern he took it to himself he grabbed them on his own now they are mine he made a king on them and then he broke them so Moshe in essence was once again alone on this thing through this we can explain the depth of the intentions of the Chazal we said before that the passing of a Tzadik is hard for and the breaking of the Luchas just for the record if you're looking for it uh, keeping score at home as we say it's Yerushalmi in Yuma, Pedeq Aleph, Halach, Aleph and well, many other places because this is how they are hand in hand these two concepts when it comes to forgiveness through the passing of a tzaddik, Al Rebbe explains in Tanya that the Chiddush of the forgiveness which they used to give according to bringing sacrifices, they brought kabbalahs for forgiveness. This is only forgiveness for a sin that was done by accident. Mashenkin at Tzaddik, in his passing, when he passes away, Pere Yeshua is of the of Gam Allah's Daines. He brings about salvation to the nation, forgiving sins, even the ones that were done on purpose. And this we find in the breaking of the Lucas. Not enough that Moshe tried to get the Jews to be forgiven for the set, for the said sin with his prayers. But he himself broke the luches that came about because of the sin of the eagle Meha took responsibility on his own this is on me as he says so the Pas says <laughs> Shnei edus. They actually gave him these two Lukas Adas. Hazal explained, he gave his court home, in the Dorim, Lamid Ches Amir Aleph, 38, side 1. What is Vayitein? It's a lotion of a gift, Matana. Which means to say the Lukas were given to Mesha as a gift. Just like the second, second Lukas, Hazal say. Shinag behen ayin so he just had a good in a good gesture gave it to the Jews so too were the first Lukas. he didn't have in mind to purchase the Lukas themselves he wanted to give them to the Jews and since the original intention was to give the Lukas to the Jews be sus- it, it it's perhaps casts a suspicion or really, a little bit of a thought that he was stealing from the Jews. He's taking their gift and breaking it. Therefore, Moshe had to grab it once again in a renewed fashion to take away his Makshava that he had before to give it, to purchase it for the Jews but rather for himself and becomes his and then he broke it Aaron, we really know lived for 123 years with the God merits for 120 he lived 3 years longer than that the difficulty of what the fact that he had passed away on that day it's a bad omen for that day it was a hard day and therefore it begins the nine days on the outside of Aranachin as we said this compares it therefore to the breaking of the Luchas for the main hardship of the breaking of the Luchas It's only because it was an end result of the Cheta Ego which happened the day before so how the fact that it came out on that day the the but that they broke the Lukas, it makes a bad sign for that day and therefore Till today, we fast that Shavas One of the reasons is because that day the lucas are broken. One of the commandments of this week's Parsha, the love God, and that's the Tira, and fear God. Two mitzvahs that a person must do. To love and to fear God. Love and fear are emotions. Can I cause emotion by a person? Obviously, people get emotionally attached to one another, people have emotional. Moments, and they get emotional. They begin to cry. Get emotional. They begin to laugh. they be emotional. They begin to scream. Whatever they're, they're whatever floats their boat, as we say in America. But how do we force an emotion? How do we tell somebody, I want you to love me? I want you to fear me. Put on tefillin. Light a Shabbos candle. Keep taras a Keep tznias. Eat kosher. Take a little of an estrig. Mitzvah say that I can tell you what to do. To do something emotional, to do something with your feelings, love and to fear. But rather the commandment is the person has to concentrate and understand the greatness of God. And by thereby bringing within themselves the love and the fear of God in the heart of a person. There it commands the person to love God and to be fearful before Him. When a person says, I ain't got it, I don't feel it, I don't feel God in my heart whatsoever, not fear, not love. You tell him, just think about how great God is. Your heart will wake up to it. So we find therefore the mitzvahs of Ava Sashem and Yira Sashem also are about intertwined with knowing the greatness of God. And this is the explanation that Amram says he brings down to begin it in his Yad HaKazaka the Maisa MaKovah, the Maisa Bereshis, the whole creation by learning in concentrating in these in <coughs> person automatically imp- brings upon himself the love and fear of God in essence there are two different things two opposites practically love and fear love awakens in a, 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 a yearning to want to be attached and connected unconditionally with another person Whereas fear drives away a person when you're scared of the person, when you're intimidated of the person, and also how to bring about these emotions are also different. The love is awakened through concentration, thinking that I baruch how great he is, and therefore a person is humbled. And he watches each and every little minute fact of what they do. Whereas fear awakens only if I think about it and I concentrate how great and how f- how never-ending is God, can I perhaps begin to fear. But the love from what I'm getting from the Evis, the fact that I woke up in the morning, the fact that I'm breathing... And the Ramam says, What is the way of loving and fearing Him? It bundles it in one. When a person thinks about the creation and the great things that God does. And in continuation also he says, understanding, concentrating, through bringing the Ava and the Yira, when a person concentrates the greatness of God, immediately he loves, praises, glorifies and wants and yearns for this greatness and the Rabbim adds <speaking in Hebrew> when you think about themselves the <speaking in Hebrew> media understands how simple and small we are so we have to say that the HaShem is not from a love of attachment and of closeness. But the love is, is similar to the fear. The person thinks of the greatness of God, concentrates on the greatness of God, and he reaches to a re- level of recognition to how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu has done and does for him. You feel immediately these two feelings, these two emotions. One, from one part, you want to get to know God better, more about God, and from the other f- other side, you fear and you see the greatness of God, and therefore you have to you step back. And this is how a person constantly needs to live, and it needs to have this in their heart. And there's no contradiction between them. Each one. Reaches through le- re- through learning and knowledge, through concentration, the some recognition of the greatness of God, the Say and the Yir Say, his love to him and his fear of him, and this ties the person with a kashbarichu, and succeeds the person to jump from the, to the distance of the never ending distance between the Creator and the creation day as he said is Erev Tishonov we don't learn we cannot learn after Chatzay after the day which is approximately 104 that's not the approximates here in Brooklyn New York where I stand at the moment Chatzay is one hundred two fourteen, 14 it 103 By mincha today, we do not say Partially, we don't say tachton on tishah b'av in general because it's considered a yomtiv. In that effect, today. In the afternoon, once after obviously, one cannot learn. One needs to involve themselves already in the things, the concepts of the chum. said, we Obviously, we cannot listen to music. We haven't listened to music for the whole three weeks. We may say to We shouldn't go strolling. We need to go shopping. Shopping is one thing, not, not just go for a journey. You can learn things that have to do with Tishibov, the Yimaringitin of Kantsa Bakantha, etc., all the other things that have to do with Tishibav. You can obviously learn the Halachas of Tishibhav. If a shaila comes about, Narav has to look it up, you may look it up. the general attitude is that we eat a meal before mincha we eat sufficiently so that we can fast properly we have a munah that everything will, will be will be condoled will be consoled We should eat at least two different foods. We shouldn't overindulge. So that the second meal that we're going to have should not be something of a just gluttonous meal. Obviously one should drink a lot today especially since tomorrow is going to be very, very hot. And one should, you know, I'm not a nutritionist, not going to give you how to fill yourself up, and how to prepare yourself for a fast. Everybody has their own foods they want to eat. Don't eat sharp, don't eat salty, because it brings about thirst. Some people eat watermelon, everybody has their own. Mini is to eat as soon as a sule and Men, women, children. So the Mavsekes is a piece of bread with a boiled egg, and many of us put ash on the egg for the khurm. This needs to be s- sitting on the floor or under the way we we're going to sit on tishbav. Once tishbav about to come in towards the evening. One should change their shoes, one should not be wearing leather shoes. The Sudha of Sekhah should not be eaten with three people together, so they should not bench the Zimun. The reason for this, the bread and the egg is a round cycle, the cycle of life. Tonight is Eicha. If you can go to shul, it's good. If you can't go to shul, it's fine. You just sit and read the Eicha yourself. Do not sit on a regular chair. We do not sit on a regular chair till tomorrow. Chatzai, it's again 103. And the fast the stringent fast. However, there's always a rabbi at the other end of the line of Chatz Hashom. Chatz someone feels they can't Cope, they can't deal with it. Um, the Shachris tomorrow is dominant without tefillin by for men. We don't kiss our tzitzis. We only by mincha do we put on, but the parts that are left out for Shachris, Shishayem, and and the Tehillim is said for mincha. And then it's customary, of course, to hear a siyim, as is every other day the three weeks. Not that we can eat after the Siyem. Kriya for the morning is Kiselet Banim. Kriya Sotero for Minchil being Ve'ichal Mesha. We have to sit, as we said before, lower than three hand breaths until Chatzay Sayem. After that, you can sit in a regular chair. Some have custom to start cleaning up after after Chatzay. And the Sevaric customs are preparing for Shishat Kenu. As we all know, that this is what the entire... Morning period is only so that we should bring ourselves back. Yehovka, Yom Eil, Esosim, and Simcha. And no Jew should ever feel alone. We should always know there is another fellow Jew that's out there. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves us all like a father his children. And we should merit, not to have to fast, but to rather all go to Yerushalayim and HaKadosh Mashiach and Kenu today, immediately, speedily, and find ourselves in Besamidah Easy fast, those who have to fast, and good Shabbos.